0: And now, from the gleaming spires of Chicago. Broadcasting to Niflheim, Svartalfheim, Olympus, throughout the nine worlds, and beyond. The only Thor podcast hosted by a true descendant of Odin. You are tuned to the immortal sounds of... Radio Free. Asgard. And hello everybody and welcome to Radio Free Asgard. This is episode number 262. We're coming at you as always from beautiful Chicago, Illinois. My name is Tom Harris. Welcome along to the show. And we now have a, uh, a job. <laughs> yes. Uh, it's been about bloody time, isn't it? Yeah, it's it's been uh, since uh, last February since I've had a, a full-time position and I'm very pleased to to say that uh, as of now I actually am now once again working full-time and that of course may dip into some of the showtime as as has often happened back in the past occasionally I'll miss a show because of work um, I'm hoping that during this uh, few weeks of, of training right here right now in the beginning of the process won't be too disruptive now once again I am a show ahead now so hopefully you know if I do miss a week you'll never find out about it because I'll actually have something already prepared but uh, just beware that that it could happen Uh, and of course I have mythology shows that I can you know put together really quickly and get those up so hopefully if I do have to skip weeks nobody will ever know so Anyway, um, so before I get started with the meat of the show, I just wanted to talk for just a couple minutes because I don't have that much to say about it. But I recently saw the movie Batman v Superman. Now, I know I've said in the past I'm not the biggest Batman fan in the world. I'm not the biggest Superman fan in the world. They are characters that that I do like, that I do respect, that I do enjoy. And I think that... um, I probably talked about about, uh, Superman, Man of Steel on the show previously and how I felt that it didn't quite nail the character properly. And I think that Batman v Superman continued down that, that bad road that we really didn't need. I don't see the purpose of Frank Millerizing those two characters. Frank Miller was great and groundbreaking back in the you know mid 1980s but I don't know why people are still trying to bring that into you know the DC films there was not a lot about that movie that I thought was very good there were some things I thought they did well for example I think that they introduced uh, the character of Wonder Woman very organically in a very intriguing way, they they actually set up a little mystery and they actually had a little tease. And and I liked that. I thought that that, that was, was really good. Unfortunately, I think that that was really the only thing about the movie that I thought was really good. There was a lot of the movie that I thought was just kind of meh. Uh, There was a lot of it that I just hated. I I don't like Ben Affleck as an actor. I never really have liked Ben Affleck as an actor. And I don't think he makes a good Batman. He doesn't even particularly make a Bruce Wayne. And I think that that's really where he should have excelled. But here's the problem I have with Ben Affleck. He is a one-dimensional actor. He's about as, as deep as a graham cracker. There's there's not a lot that he can bring to a role unless it's a cardboard role, that that would make it work. And I've never really seen him in anything where I've thought, oh, hey, he's really good good in this. You know, I think probably the closest that that I came was in Chasing Amy, and that was what what 20 years ago now. And yeah, I'd never really liked him, like I said, as an actor and and in this i don't like him either henry cavill as superman was was suitably superman looking uh, except for the uh, the off color costume that he had but he didn't act like superman you know he had, there was nothing about the real superman about him and so that was kind of the thing you know when you have characters that that are not acting like they're supposed to that that are not acting true to the character as as the character was created or as we really recognize the character to be then, then what's the point of using that character? They could, they could have had him play anyone. Wonder Woman was by far the most appealing character in the movie, and even she was a little too dark. I mean, the dark and gritty thing may have worked in the mid-'80s. I don't see that it's working now. And maybe that's why the rebirth thing has been as popular as it has been, that the, you know, DC's books have become good again because they've kind of cast that dark shit aside. So so, why not? You know, I'm hoping that that's the last of the the Cavill Superman and the and the Ben Affleck Batman. And I, I know that they're probably going to try to drag this out and, and make more. Have a movie that is actually true to the characters it's based on and not just special effects porn. And I think that that's really what we had. My one last thing is, and I'm not even going to talk about Lex Luthor in the movie because he was such a disaster, but Doomsday was just kind of shoehorned in. They needed some kind of major threat. Now they could have had Lex Luthor become Doomsday. They could have had they they could have had Brainiac or somebody else in the in the movie as as your main villain and and it would have accomplished the same thing. But it seemed like they just had to shoehorn in Doomsday. They had to do the Death of Superman story. You know? It's like all the all the greatest hits of the of the eighties and the early nineties uh, kind of being packed into one very mediocre film, so that's just kind of how I think about it. And then you know, I you know I, I I hate to be negative for no reason. It really did disappoint me that much. So I'm, I'm yeah, I'm bummed by it. I mean, I thought it was good, you know, uh, special effect wise. You know, there was some good moments in it. There's some nice uh, teasing towards the the Wonder Woman film. I'm actually looking more forward to that. I think that that's going to be a better movie. But, you know, you never know till it comes out, I guess. Next up on my docket, I do actually have uh, X-Men Apocalypse at home. Going to watch that, and I'll give a few thoughts on that as well. But I did just want to talk about, uh, you know, Batman v Superman for a minute. All right, so uh, we are shifting gears this week. I think I mentioned last week uh, from 1971. We are moving all the way up to 2012, and we are going to do a few issues of the SIF series in Journey into Mystery. Now, the reason I'm choosing to do SIF rather than Loki, because Loki is kind of on the uh, agenda as well, is that in order to get the Loki series, especially in the beginning, you have to kind of know what came before. So I I kind of want to to go organically into the Loki series from the Thor series. Now that means I'm going to have to cover a bunch of Thor stuff that I'm not even close to covering yet, but um, we'll see. You know, like I said, I'm trying to cut back on the on the different eras that I'm I'm covering. I am also trying to expand the variety of characters that I cover because all Thor all the time doesn't necessarily work. I mean, we all love Thor. But, you know, I want to throw in Sif. I want to throw in Loki. I want to throw in Hercules. I want to, you know, I, I want to have a, a little bit more variety in the show. All right. So uh, with that, we are going to cover uh, first, uh, the first issue of the Sif run of Journey into Mystery. And because Sif doesn't really have a theme song, I'm just going to play Thor. Cross the Rainbow Bridge of Asgard and this week we are looking at journey into mystery number 646 this came out in 2012 don't know the month the cover art is by Jeff Decal. shows Sif with her swords in hand she has two swords she's dual wielding here and she is stepping out of the pages of a book uh, which I guess is you know what she's doing in real life uh behind her there are sort of ghostly images of uh looks like a shirtless viking guy um a w- naked woman floating in the air oh maybe maybe they're fairies because they, it looks like one of them has wings there's another a uh, naked male figure uh there so yeah it looks like fairies and a sinister looking villainous head which you can barely see because it's covered up by the logo um and the cover board says featuring the lady sif and this of course is the uh, marvel revolution uh, issues the marvel now uh, coming out this one came out uh, you yeah, know well, about the same time as thor god of thunder thereabouts anyway so uh we open up to the splash page where we have the credits Catherine Eminen was the writer. Valerio Schitti was the artist. Valerio Schitti. Jordi Belair is the colorist. VCs Clayton Cowles did the letters and production. Jeff DeKal did the covers, we know. Variant covers, Phil Noto, but we don't care about that. Jacob Thomas, talking about Sif. I guess he's an editor of some kind. Warren Sankovich, shut your mouth. Uh, Axel Alonzo is the editor in chief. Joe Casada is the chief creative officer. Dan Buckley is the publisher. And Alan Fine is the executive producer. So we have a couple of uh, chillin' on the uh, splash. And there's a, uh, looks like a almost looks like a uh, Jeff Nolan drawing of Sif, uh, sword in hand. And in front, there's a couple of kids. And uh, it looks like a, a boy and a girl. And the boy is saying, Who's the sword-wielding woman who's a soldier on the battlefield and a lady in Asgardia and no one understands her but her thunder god? Sif, says the little girl, verily, can you dig it? We can dig it. And we open up to the beginning of the story where we are in the library of Asgardia. So there's a bunch of empty bookshelves and a bunch of cobwebs and there's a fire going on. So there's uh, burning going on, and I guess all the books are burning or have burnt, or anyway, you get a lot of scrolls and stuff. And uh, Sif is there, and she's like, is there anyone in here? And there is, uh, there, there's a little kid in here uh, clutching onto a book, and we get a little bit of uh, exposition here. And where does the people keep its knowledge? and its stories, its blood? This repository older perhaps than the Nine Realms, Asgard record of the godly and the damned, a forever place. And yet, when Surtur the fire demon descended upon this world, it burned not as though it was made of wisdom and magic and time, but ordinary leather and wood and parchment. But then, who really reads much anymore, anyway? And Sif is found a, a little red-haired kid in the uh, the library clutching onto a book and she's rescuing him come on i have you let go of the book child no says the little kid and so sif grabs the book and the little kid and she's trying to get out of the building do not worry i am strong enough to keep you and your treasure safe and they um, are leaving the building and the little kid is like are those people and there there are people, and they're laying on wooden pallet sort of things, and they are being burned. I don't know if they were dead and being burned, like this is a funeral pyre, or if they are uh, were alive and being burned. I, th- I think they, these are funeral pyres, and these people were, were dead before. Yes, even those who die in vain burn in glory, but I think they would rather have lived. Turn your head, it is a lesson you will learn soon enough. And so they're riding out, and they're riding on this very, uh, very dispassionate looking horse. <laughs> the, the horse looks like he could not care less about what's going on around them. So, uh, yeah, so they're riding out. And we do see that uh, there are other burning buildings here in Asgard. It looks like uh, statues have fallen down. It looks like the uh, Asgardia parking garage is. Uh, seen better days, if that's what it looks like it looks like a parking garage and uh, Sif says, is this the last of them? it is my lady Sif, but the smell won't linger for days yet the smell is the least of our problems and uh, we see the, what, you know, the guards here and the guards take one of the, the kit, takes the boy off of uh, Sif's horse and um, drags him down this brave one is Arnor of Volstag's brood can you take him home to Gudrun? "'I have done enough child-minding for today.' "'Yes, my lady, she will want to thank you, I expect. "'Tell her I will be by in the coming days. "'Already we can faintly see the end of this dreadful chapter, "'though I fear what may be found written there.'" And we see uh, Gudrun, and she's standing in the parking garage, from the looks of it, and looking out over the, uh, the scene of all the bodies burning, and we shift to the inside of Volstag's house. And so we have Sif and she's there with Gudrun. And Gudrun is looking a lot prettier than she used to. Remember back when uh, Simonson was drawing the series and she was like this enormous, huge sort of blob woman. But anyway, there's of course lots and lots of children around because Volstog and Gudrun have lots and lots of children. Uh, we have... Kids who are dressed as Thor. We've got uh, a little girl who is clutching a, a, a Beta Ray Bill plushie. Uh, we've got this Arnor kid who's sitting there reading his book. And we've got a few other kids just kind of playing around. Strange weather for this time of year, says Gudrun, but it won't stick. No more than a frost giant sneezing in July. Sif, my lady, I'm so glad you could come here to dine, especially in a time when... Kudrun, there is nowhere I would rather be on this cold evening. Arnor seems well recovered. Thanks to you, they have mercifully short memories. And we have um, you know, the, the two kids fighting. What do you say now, saucy wrench? Close your stink mouth and I'll tell you lord of nothing. And it's wench, not wrench, moron. He's going to get the better of you, says Sif to the little girl. Throw your weight back against him. She called you fat," says the little boy. "I, I what? All right, that's enough," says Sif. "Why did you t- not try to best him? I was trying. You should try harder. What for? And uh, Sif has grabbed the little boy and is holding him upside down by his foot. And he's going, hey. "What for? To learn to be a warrior, to fight, to win. It is everything." Fighting's for kids. You should use your words. What words? Magic words? Regular words. Who on Midgard told you that? Nobody tells me nothing. And if they do, I don't listen. So there is hope for you after all. And uh, Sif uh, goes back over to where Gudrun is. And there's another one of Volstagg's kids. A slightly older boy. Probably you ten-ish or so. And he's, he's reading through, looks like, some old journey into mystery comics. The things that come out of their mouths these days. It's like another language entirely. I'm sure your parents felt the same way about you and Heimdall. Mine did. Well, not about you and Heimdall. Though I did have a brother named Heimdall. Not the same. No, Heimdall is one of a kind, that's certain. I expect you're right. But I don't remember my brother and me ever being in the same room together, to be honest. Well, you are not close in age. Must be a millennia, says Sif. And she picks up one of the comics, and it's an old uh, like Jack Kirby cover of uh, one of the old Journey to Mystery Monster books. From the looks of it, it looks like number 63. So anyway, what are these? They're mental, says the little boy. Mental? Completely Mental? The Broxton Bloody Cairn gave us packages after everything burned down. We got a light, too, that burns without fire. And gum. The good citizens of Midgard do too much for us, I think. Red Cross, dear heart, not Bloody Cairn. You know, I brought your brother's book for him. Perhaps you would like to... Look, this is Gruto, the creature from nowhere. And a story about a black clock and the last voyage of Captain Crag. And what exactly are you learning from it? He can keep his old book. Look, Sprague, Conqueror of the Human Race. Look, Heimdall, Conqueror of Time and Space. Folstag, Conqueror of Bedtimes. A hundred foot tall living computer. A hundred undead warriors. That's old stuff. My parents know those stories. I see. When I was your age, I spent many hours with the books in our library. If you look carefully, you will find secrets hidden in the knowledge upon which Asgard is built. Maybe if we didn't keep wrecking it, we wouldn't have to keep building it. Out of the mouths of babes, says Gudrun, and she's got a a baby in her arms as well. I am sick to death of losing, Gudrun. We survive an attack, we rebuild again, and we call it victory, and I tell you it is not. All I ever wanted is to serve Asgard, to have force enough to win her fights. But can we not be stronger still to prevent the fight in the first place? That is wisdom, my lady. I seek it not, Hildi, But there are ancient ways we have left by the road and our path to it, and I do not believe us stronger for it. I cannot imagine a stronger self. I can. And uh, there notice the mistake here of uh, she called... Uh, Gudrun Hilde. <laughs> anyway, um, yeah, this is normally the kind of thing I bring up at the end of the issue, but I don't think I'm going to bother this time. All right, so we shift scenes, and we are in Niflheim, first of the Nine Realms. It is a cold and frosty place, and we have this sort of, uh, sort of snow leopard-looking dude, and he is riding on the back of a large cat, and the cat has deer antlers so it's a obviously a very fanciful sort of weird as guardian mount and he's riding through the snow and the, the caption says the last place for any living creature hell the deadlands and yet and the uh this uh, guy gets uh, torn off of his uh mount by uh some sort of a i don't know it, it it's it looks like somebody wearing a cloak uh, made of fur and and we see a uh, what's basically a, a high heel boot uh, kicking him across the face with a crunk and there's the guy going yeah and he falls and it turns out to be Sif and she's wearing this sort of uh you know skin over her and she says I swear by Odin's festering vacant eye socket by the wretched pestilential odor of Thor's goats If I had to walk one more damnable step in these infernal cold, I would have cut my feet off and burned them to keep warm. And so it is Sif, and she has knocked this guy down into the snow and stolen his mount. Uh, uh, That's a real nice thing to do, isn't it? But we get a beautiful uh, splash here of her. She's uh, pulling back on the reins of the mount, and the mount is rearing up. We can see it's a saber-toothed cat-deer sort of thing. And it looks like the, the barding is made out of bone. Like, like, so it's like uh, I don't know, troll bone or human bone or whatever. There's, a, there's like a humanoid looking skull there. It could be an elf skull or something. I don't know. Anyway, so she's uh, pulling back on the reins and it's rearing up, and it's like, Arr. And yet, as not all who wander are lost, and as not all that glistens is gold. Not all who find themselves strolling in a by and large godforsaken another world inhabited by the dead, by their souls and the dragon who eats them both are in a word deceased. They may just be looking for something. And we have another splash and we see Sif's hand. We know what Sif's hand because there's like these wrappings around it that are red and Sif wears red and white so we know it's it. And she's looking at a, uh, an old text looks like uh, actually looks like Egyptian hieroglyphs but the characters are not actually Egyptian so we have a couple you know sort of I don't know wolf-headed dudes and yeah there's a bunch of Viking warriors with spears looks like they're gonna spear them and then we in the next panel we see that the Viking dudes are dead and being eaten and their uh, heads are on pikes and this um, dude is the uh, wolf-headed dude is eating them Odin's ravens, thought in memory, have met on this battlefield before, and before, and before that, perhaps. They are a dreadful group, the ravens and the wolf, and often the eagle, ravenous for gossip, rapacious for bloody leftovers. "'We shall not see the like of these warriors again,' says one. "'Their hungers are too uncontrollable, too wild,' says the other. "'Too human,' says the wolf.' They do not stay long and part as friends, sated. They do not stay long because Nastrond, the corpse strand, is no place for the living. And if living, there is one whose job it is to rectify that situation. And we shift scenes and we see a dragon sleeping and it's just kind of laying there. And a voice, Needhog, And Sif, obviously. And a, a skull flies out and hits uh, Needhog in the nose with a punk and bounces off. And uh, Needhog looks up with a. Wake up, Corpse Eater! I would talk with you! And we see Sif, she's standing there near uh, Needhog's butt. And you can see a couple of places where the artist has indicated for blacks to be filled in, and they were not. So we have these little areas with X's drawn in them. Uh, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Oops! Nidog is is you're know, looking at her. and She's standing right by his ass, and there's a bunch of uh, bones and uh, broken weapons, and and D-dog is just kind of looking up, and there's I guess almost like a a pool of of rancid blood. So so there's like uh, vapors rising up and stuff. Who's there? One of your suppliers says Sif. What have you brought me? Come closer, says Needhog. I thought you were meant to be dead, Needhog. I eat the dead. Yes, I know. I was talking about you. Chasty, Fine, yes, delicious. Did you not die at the roots of the world tree? Dead. Yes, for eating. No, not... And there's a crunching noise and we see Needog is just chewing on bones of, you know, some dead person or thing. And Sif is saying, I have come seeking knowledge of the dead, the story of a battle, the fate of a group of warriors. And he rises up and is like stretching and his wings come. you he guess he's got these big old wings. They come stretching out and smacks Sif aside with a squack, and she goes flying, and lands with a, a skash, and a bunch of uh, like old rotten bones. And Sif gets up, and she is not looking happy. By the severed hand of tear, you will not do that again. Apologies, apologies, an accident. And the the dragon is scratching himself with his claws. Can I aid you? You would do me a great service. Now tell me, devourer of the fallen, I have a record of a great battle with greater warriors still who fought so fiercely those who saw them said they seemed not to be men at all. Stories. And behind them, truth. I have not seen their like for millennia, marinated in the ecstasy of slaughter, tempered in warfare. Chewy. Chewy. And where did they fall? You would know their trick. I asked you where, lizard. And the pulls her sword out is pointing it right at the dragon's eyeball. And the dragon apparently does not want to be stabbed in the eyeball. So he's like, not here. I dream of it, but not here. Follow the Fimbulthul past the well that is Fergomir. You will find her, Erndis the teacher. And when you are finally chosen to be slain, I will bury my tongue in your skull and wipe it clean, lady. Safe journey. So Sif uh, leaves, and we shift scenes again to beyond the Fimbulthul, past the Hevergomir, the Cave of Erendis. And Sif is walking into this dark cave. It's uh, got, like, there's a like a brick uh, round w- room that's built in the middle of this cave. Some sort of like a fire pit here on the floor. And she's got a flashlight, so she can see her way in. And she arrives at the fire pit and she turns the flashlight off and she starts banging a couple of flint rocks together to create sparks and she creates a fire. And then she sits down on the ground and she opens up a book in her lap. And there's smoke rising up from the fire pit, and now the fire is illuminating the room. And she's Saying the uh, runes, which of course she can't really read them, and she says, "I shall not forget, hell and damnation." And she does another, uh, like a incantation, and it's like rune, rune, runes. Bring forth unto blah 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 your father's filthy leggings. I shall not forget. It will not dig with me. And she slams the book down into the fire with a whomph and a bunch of green smoke comes curling up. And uh, there's a giant fooom! And a big green explosion sort of thing in the, in the fire pit. And we cut to uh, Needhog saying, The dead! And falling asleep. And uh, the caption says, They say the teacher will appear. And there's a giant... Broom and uh, the teacher appears, I guess, and this is Erindis or whatever her name is, and she is a big, uh, albino sort of looking woman. She's wearing sort of uh, Frank Frazetta sexy armor, uh yeah, very impractical sort of armor with with big old boob shells over her boobs, and she's got a sort of Shiar looking helmet with it looks like crystals hanging from it. So yeah, so it's kind of of cool looking, really, but also really sexist sort of thing. And she is not happy. She appears and uh, Sif says, teacher. And she's like, unworthy. And she uh, is not happy at all. She smashes Sif back with a weapon. And she says, what have you done, selfish whore? And Sif says, No, I come for Asgard, for Asgard. The caption says, She does not lie. We are that which we love. Sif knows this. And tell me, What is Asgard but arrogance and self-interest made flesh? I am, says Sif. I am Asgard. We are all Asgard. And Sif is getting ready to fight back against her. And the... um, The teacher puts her staff down. Not really, but she's kind of holding it in her side now, getting ready to fight. "'What do you want?' "'I want you to teach me the berserker incantation.' "'Thor can tell you that?' "'Not as it has become, frenzied unfocused, "'but how it was, ferocity born from devotion, "'when that which was where and that which we fought for were one and the same.' "'I thought you fought for Asgard!' I no longer know what that is. And the teacher reaches out and grabs stuff around the neck and is like strangling her. At last some honesty. So I ask you again, what do you want? To be a better warrior. It will make you a different warrior. But stronger? Yes. Fiercer? Yes. The ancient way is a thing of terrible beauty and vicious grace, if you are willing. I am willing, and I care nothing for your cautions and your accusations. I am as worthy as any other. The worthy get that which they weren't. Then let that which I have done earn me that which I desire, says Sif. The teacher has got a grabbing at Sif this whole time, and uh, she, the teacher's like, But is it what you deserve, Lady Sif? Yes. No, I think perhaps not. But then we've just met. I may be mistaken. And she casts some kind of a spell, some kind of a runish sort of spell, she shouts. And Sif goes reeling back and uh, falls down to her knees. She's got a smoke rising off her. And you see her eyes are glowing yellow a little bit. Uh, Now, how sits it with you? Like the taste of a thousand meals not eaten. My belly touches my spine with the hunger of it. Then you are no different than the others. What felicity! And now I must rebuild what you have so thoughtlessly destroyed. Take what is yours and leave. You are honest and so I dealt fairly, but you'll get nothing more from me this day. But there is something else that I desire. And the teacher is walking away... And Sif takes her sword and shlicks the, uh, the teacher. And we can see her head flying off. And we shift scenes. And we are back in the uh, little town in Oklahoma. I forget the name of it. And Sif's horse is tied up next to a bar, a tavern, whatever. And we see a dog there. And there's a trail of, of blood leading from the parking lot of this place into the bar and we cut to Sif and she's sitting at the bar and she's got a a bleeding bag sitting on the stool next to her and uh, the door slams I guess as somebody walks in and Sif says I want more so we have a to be continued and that is Journey into Mystery number 646 and uh yeah the introduction of the sif series so i do have a few things to say about it but we will talk about that right after this message <laughs> 229 different characters spanning the galaxies of the Legion of Superheroes, presented across seven comic book issues. A new miniseries as part of the Who's Who podcast. To handle this many characters, the Irredeemable Shag is bringing in a ringer, or maybe we should call them flight ringers. Who's Who in the Legion of Who's Who in the Legion of Who's Who in the Legion of Superheroes? Who's Who in the Legion of Superheroes? the Legion of Superbloggers team up to present Who's Who in the Legion of Superheroes, a three-episode miniseries in 2017, part of the Who's Who podcast on the Fire and Water Podcast Network. Long live the Legion. And you should go listen to the Who's Who in the Legion podcast because it's great stuff. Really enjoying that series. All right, so uh, a few words about the issue Interesting start here. So we have Sif... She's going to try to get more power. She wants to become a more powerful warrior. Maybe she doesn't want to keep getting kidnapped by the Mangog and having to have Thor come after her. I'm not really sure, but anyway, <laughs> um, that, that's not how they spell it out. But you think back on Sif's past history, and you can see why she might think that. Yeah, so so Sif is trying to become you know a berserker to to have you know this, this much greater power than what she's had in the past. And she finds a way to do it. So yeah, so very intriguing concept, a very interesting first issue. Artwork, by and large, is really, really good. I, I really love the uh, the appearance of Erndus the teacher. I think she looks fantastic. I like the look of Needhog. They 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 it's hard sometimes to make dragons look interesting because dragons have been done to death. I mean, especially even in Thor comics, you've you've had dragons, and some of them just look silly. But uh, I like the look of Needhog. He looks pretty cool. And the, the characterization of Needhog as being the sort of rather dim character. It, I mean, it, it almost matches up with the mythology. I mean, Needhog is never really given a lot of character in the old mythology, but I like the way he looks here. Some of the art I should say, I I gotta take that back. The art looks fabulous throughout. Some of the storytelling is a little bit wonky, though. Um we have the scene here of Sif uh, uh, pa- on page 13 doing the sort of interrogation of Needhog And it looks like there should be something different happening than the conversation that they're having, if you know what I mean. So it, it looks definitely like uh, she is threatening Needhog and he is reluctantly giving her information, where the, the, um, the, the dialogue doesn't actually indicate that. So it's a little bit of a weird moment in there, but but again, it, it looks nice. So I can't can't really say that much about it. By and large, though, I think the writing is pretty good, um, and uh, it's interesting. I, I'm kind of wondering if they're going to keep the the main male characters out of this series for the most part. I didn't actually read any of it in advance, so I don't know what's going to happen. So again, I'm discovering this pretty much at the same time as you guys but uh, again i think that it has some some really good moments uh, really good artwork and looking forward to covering more of it all right and with that, it is time to wrap up the show for this week once again folks thanks very much for listening we really do appreciate it and of course you can email the show if you want to the email address is radiofreeasgard at gmail.com you can also find us over on facebook just look for radio free asgard there and you will find us and with that I am back over the Rainbow Bridge, back over to Midgard, and we'll see you next time here on Radio Free... Wait for it... Asgard! You have been listening to Radio Free Asgard, a production of Tom Harris USA Productions, which is totally responsible for its content. The Mighty Thor and all associated characters are mostly copyright Marvel Comics. The stories presented are done so for educational, review, and entertainment purposes only. No ownership is implied. The silly voices, however, well, they're all me. Musical selections from Eden, The Invincible Sword of the Elvesmith, are copyright Mott's Vent, and are used with permission. If you like what you've heard on the show, we hope you'll leave us a review on iTunes, tell your friends, or even join our Facebook group. We really love hearing from our listeners, and we appreciate all of your support. Thanks once again very much for listening to Radio Free Asgard.